This morning I want to speak to you a quick word of encouragement. Let us pray. Father God, your glory is here. Speak to us. Lord God, magnify your presence in your word right now. Quicken and make alive our spirit. Lord God, resuscitate and revitalize our hope. In Jesus' name, amen. We're in a series on running the race with endurance, and this morning my word to you is stay in the race. Stay in the race. Don't give up. And so it's a message to the church, stay in the race. We're in these final laps, these last days, and the church must be ignited, and we must stay in the race. Many of you have stumbled, many of you have weakened, many of you have become feeble, but the Lord says stay in the race. And so this morning I want to share with you through the study of the Apostle Paul how he himself had to endure and get back up and stay in the race. He was able to say at the end of his days, I fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. I would pray that every one of us could say that, that we finished the race God set before us. We were in a good, good fight. And I've kept the faith. Many times you don't know how good your fight is till you get punched real hard. Now you know the fight's on, right? If we were going to skip la-la through this walk, we wouldn't know what kind of a battle we're in. But we're in a battle and we're in a fight. It's a good fight. It's a good fight because we know who wins in the end, amen? And so Paul said, I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And so what I want you to realize is this, that there was a time in Paul's life when he was set and there was a race before him. God had called him to the race. He thought he was doing it by persecuting Christians. He studied under Gamaliel. And uh, he was fervent for Judaism and for Jehovah God. But what he did not realize is that he was kicking against the Holy Spirit and the ministry of Christ the Messiah. Jesus. Until the day that Jesus set him on his face and got him ready to run a race for his Lord and Master Jesus. And Jesus said this as a prophetic word for Paul. He's my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles, the nations, and kings, and the children of Israel. Isn't that amazing that here he is so fervent for Judaism, and God's going to call him to be an apostle to the Gentiles. And as he's called... God said, for I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. For the sake of my name, it's interesting that the first time we're introduced to Saul, he is standing in authority over the persecution and the murder of Stephen. And it is a foreshadowing of what he himself will endure in this race. How many of you would like to be called to a race that will end in death. Well, you have been. Your death started at the beginning of that race, so that part's taken care of. You're already dead. So run this race well. Run it well. And so he's been called to what he should suffer. But along the way, we see that Paul had some times 
where he himself was in a place of fear and trembling. We all look at Paul and we think, what a mighty man of God. I can relate to Peter. He keeps messing up. But what about Paul? You have to understand what Paul has been through. Write these verses down, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 3 through 5. Paul says this to the Corinthian church. You see, you've got to understand what Paul had been going through. This is on his second missionary journey now. And he had been through some stuff. Right? How many of you have been through some stuff? He had been through some stuff, and when he arrives at Corinth, he says this, and he writes it in, in, in 1 Corinthians 2, 3, and 5. He says, I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. That's the Apostle Paul. Now, that's his description of his condition. Weakness, fear, and trembling. Because he had just escaped out of some persecution and some trouble. He was a beaten man. And he was tired, and he was weak, and he was in fear. He said, my speech and my message were not in eloquent words of wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the the power of God. He said this in 2 Corinthians eleven six. 6, I am an unskilled speaker. Paul recognized this. If you'll read 2 Corinthians, he's got to pit himself against the thorn in his flesh, those who always follow after him. Every church he went to, they followed after him. It's a thorn in the flesh that the Lord gave to Paul. Because Paul had seen so many wondrous and great things in the heavenlies. He had such revelation of the mysteries of God that God kept him humble and put a thorn in his flesh. That thorn in the flesh was not sickness. It was not disease. It was those Judaizers who followed after him and tried to destroy his teaching everywhere he went. And it kept him humble because it caused him to have to keep reiterating what he was teaching and toil and, and, and work with the people till he birthed Christ in them. It just so happens that because of all that trouble and that thorn in the flesh, he would write down his epistles and letters to the churches, and that's how we got our New Testament. So even in the struggle and the trial that he was going through, it had redemptive purposes that we still reap today. So I don't know what kind of trouble you got, what kind of thorn in your flesh, what kind of irritations you have, but God redeems all of it unto his glory. Count it all joy, James says, when you enter into diverse trials and temptations. Well, Paul said, I'm not that eloquent. I'm not like Apollos. I'm not like Aquila and Priscilla. He said, I didn't come with just amazing speech. I was fearful and I was trembling and I was weak in my condition. But in my weakness, the power of God is demonstrated so that you would know it ain't me. It's him. That's Paul. You think of Paul as this little Jewish man with a hooked nose and one of the early church fathers said and he had a unibrow didn't use the term unibrow. As a matter of fact, he said he had a caterpillar on his nose. So this little old 
this middle-aged, by this time, Jewish guy comes in probably a high, squeaky voice. He's not as good and eloquent as some of these other speakers. But when he laid hands on you, God moved powerfully. Paul was weak. Paul was fearful. Paul was trembling. In Acts chapter 18, verse 9 through 11, write it down, read it later. He says this, And the, le- the Lord said to Paul one night in a vision, Do not Be afraid, but go on speaking, and do not be silent, for I am with you, and no one will attack you to harm you, for I have many in this city who are my people. And he stayed a year and six months teaching the word of God among them. That was at Corinth. That's why he had said, I came to you in fear and weakness and much much trembling. Why? He had been stoned, he had been beaten, he had been lashed, he had been attacked, and now he's moving on to the next city. And as he comes to this city, he's going, I don't know what to expect next. Here in Corinth. And Luke records the vision that Paul had. And in Acts 18, God said, do not be afraid. And in the Greek, the literal rendering is this. Stop being afraid. You ever been there? That's the Apostle Paul. That's the mighty man of God who extraordinary miracles, it says in the book of Acts, were done by him. Now, miracles I'll take. That's good enough. Give me some miracles. But with Paul, they were extraordinary. How do you get a miracle to be extraordinary? Miracles are already extraordinary. But with this guy... Come on. And he was still afraid. Still afraid. He had a 32-year ministry. Could have been here that he was ready to give up. Could have been in this city. As he's fearful and trembling and broken as a man. He's afraid. Well, he didn't have the full revelation of faith that we do. Are you nuts? How arrogant that kind of talk, that kind of speech said. And there have been teachers today uh, uh, in contemporary uh, Christianity that have said Paul didn't have the faith that they have. It's foolishness. But everyone comes to a place where fear enters in. See, that's the whole operation of faith. Faith is moving beyond your grasp to handle the situation. And so what Paul had to do, he had to move from fear back into faith. And God showed up in a vision and said, stop being afraid. Don't be afraid. Go on speaking. Now, why do you think the Lord said, go on speaking? Because what do you think was in Paul's mind? Figure it out. I'm not going to speak anymore. I'm not any good anyway. I can't compete with these guys who are really eloquent. Last time uh, I spoke, Eutychus fell out of the window and died. He fell asleep. But here's Paul, not the best speaker, but he can revive a man from the dead. (laughs) Goes down, raises him up. Eutychus, get back up. I'm going back to teaching. (laughs) Really? (laughs) 
So the Lord said, don't be afraid. And he said, go on speaking because Paul was ready to speak. Some of you have quieted down. Some of you have backed off your rhetoric. Some of you are not witnessing like you used to. Some of you aren't sharing your knowledge of the Word of God like you used to. You feel dull. You feel like you're not as good as maybe the next guy or the new guy that came to work that's, that seems to be stronger. than you. You're just going to back away. You're silencing yourself. God says, come on, speak. Get back in the race. Stay in the race. Now, he said, do not be silent. I am with you. Now, here's the next thing he says. The third thing. No one will attack you to harm you in this city. That's a good word, isn't it? I mean, you don't know when you're going to get stoned. Anybody here ever been stoned? And I'm not talking about your early life. Anybody here get 40 lashes? Anybody here get kicked out of a city? Anybody here have to escape in the middle of the night with a rope down the, the, a 40-foot wall? Of course the man's afraid. Every time he spoke, he didn't just speak at the local Rotary Club. He didn't go into a church congregation where they accepted him. He went into the middle of a camp that he used to run and he used to kill Christians for. And he went right back into that synagogue and he began to speak Jesus, the Messiah, whom they killed. And if they wouldn't have him, he'd, he'd go begin to speak out in the city square where the idol makers were so sick of him ruining their business, they wanted him dead. Now, if you haven't feared for your life, how many of us quit on such easier terms? But he said, Paul, no one's going to harm you here. God gave him a reprieve. God restored him. He was a broken man. He was beaten down. He had fear and trembling. He was weak. And he recovered. He spent a year and a half there. That's why Corinth was so important to him. They ministered to him. They strengthened him. And he poured out to them. And the gifts of the Holy Spirit were powerful in that church. And the move of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because Apostle Paul, the man of miracles, extraordinary miracles, and the flow and move of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, planted himself in that church for a year and a half. And woo! The presence of God magnified in that place. Listen to some of the obstacles that Paul had in his race. He writes about it in 2 Corinthians when he's reminding them of what he had gone through. Two-thirds of his ministry had been uh, going on up to this point, and he says this in 2 Corinthians eleven twenty four. Five times I received at the hand of the Jews 40 lashes less than one. That's 39 lashes. Five times 39. Do the math. I don't do math. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned and left for dead. Three times I was shipwrecked a night and a day, I was adrift at sea. 
on frequent journeys, in danger from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my own people, dangers from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship, through many sleepless nights, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure, and apart from other things, there's the daily pressure of me, of my anxiety for all the churches. I'm tired. I'm fearful. And I'm trembling. But Paul's able to write, but I have found the secret to contentment. Right? That in Christ, with Christ, I can do all things. I've known what it is to be rich. I know what it is to be poor. I I know what it is to be hungry, and I know what it is to be full. I know what it is to have all that I need and to be in want. But one thing I do know, and this is my contentment, that in my weakness I am made strong, for in Christ I can do all things. Got himself back in the race, didn't he? And he continued on for another third of his life from that point on to minister, to be shipwrecked. Because at the beginning of his race, God said, you'll speak before kings. And he hadn't been there yet. So what am I saying to you through this study? This man had experienced so much in beating, lashes all over his back, his body broken. But when he wrote the book of Hebrews, he said this, He kept looking to the one he would fix his eyes on. Yet for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. I'm his joy. I will endure the race. Get back up again, people of God. I don't know where you are. I don't know how broken you are. I don't know how fearful you are. I don't know how sick you are. I don't know those listening uh, to this CD today, to this MP3. I don't know how broken they are or in a hospital bed or whatever they face. Stay in the race. Stay in the race. Stay in the race. Don't be afraid. Keep on speaking. And I will get you through, says the Lord. Paul went on to write in Hebrews 10, Don't throw away your confidence. Cast not away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that when you've done the will of God, you will receive what He promised. Don't cast away your confidence. There was a time in my life where I was there. I had cast away my confidence. I had given up and decided not to pursue ministry. I had seen too many things messed up. I had messed up. It's just too many mistakes. And people are all messed up. I am not going into ministry. And I was hurt and I was wounded. I was visiting a church. And the preacher spoke in Isaiah, and he said, the Lord will not snuff out a smoking flax and he will not break off a bruised reed. Some of you are just smoldering. You used to have a fire and all that's left is a little teeny ember that has that little smoke trail. It's all you got left. Everybody else around you seems to be burning on fire. And all you got is a wisp of a trail of smoke. The Lord will not snuff you out. 
but he will begin to blow on that ember and ignite it again. Some of you have been bruised, you've been beat up, you've been wounded. People have failed you. Your faith has failed you. You're a bent reed. How's that ever going to grow? Well, the Lord will straighten you out and splint you and hold you in His arms. Don't cast away your confidence. Be encouraged. Run this race. There's a reward for it. Don't grow weary in well-doing, but in due season you'll endure a harvest. You'll reap a harvest if you do not quit. Stay in the race, Paul. Stay in the race, people. Look to the Lord. He goes on in Hebrews 12 and he says, Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. You consider what Jesus did. If you're faint-hearted, look what he did. Stay in the race. In your struggle against sin, you've not yet resisted to the point of shedding your own blood. But he shed his blood for you. Stay in the race. You're the joy that was set before him to endure the cross. Stay in the race. He bled for you. I speak this word today and I speak it to Americans, but this word going out across the world, it, it, there are people in China who are bleeding for their faith. There are people in Pakistan who are bleeding for their faith. People in communist countries, in Muslim countries who are Christians, and they are bleeding and dying and giving their lives for their faith. And yes, they're tired. Yes, they're trembling. And yes, they're afraid. But the Holy Spirit ministers to them and encourages them, just like He encourages us. And so all the body of Christ is going to hear this word in these last days. Don't cast away your confidence. Stay in the race. Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Run the race with endurance. Hebrews 12, 12, Paul goes on and he says, Lift up your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint but rather be healed. Paul also made this incredible, incredible statement. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I'm filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of His body, that is, the church. That's a strange statement. I'm making up in my body what is lacking in Christ's affliction. What he's saying is, I'm putting my life on the line. I'm filling out the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. And this world will persecute and will beat the body of Christ. And it will go on and it will continue. And we must fulfill that affliction that will go on till this body is resurrected in Jesus Christ. We're to give our all for the gospel. I think we've been living too easy, people. God bless those who had an opportunity to skip through life and enjoy it so well. But if you seriously take the gospel, you know that you've got to get into this thing and begin to serve your master. This is hard, people. 
This is hard. It's time to get up and stop living your life for you. Jesus didn't die so that you could have a really nice life with two cars, a cat, and something else. Where's the gospel of Jesus Christ? Paul said, I'm wearing it. I'm wearing it. I'm not telling you to go out and get beat up, but I am telling you to get up and go out. Paul said this, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I shared with you a time in Paul's life after being so beaten and crippled and broken, he was fearful, he was trembling, he was afraid he was going to stop speaking, but he didn't. God called him on and he got back up. He strengthened his feeble knees. He got back up. He didn't cast off his confidence and he pursued. He went on and on. He ended up back in jail. He ended up getting beaten again. He ended up getting shipwrecked again. He ended up, but he made it before the kings and the Caesars and he was beheaded. But he said this before it was all over. I'm pressing on. I'm pressing on. Not that I've already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me His own. I make this faith my own because He made me His own. One thing I do. One thing I do. Forgetting what lies behind Was Paul troubled by his past? Yes, he spoke of it often. He spoke of remembering Stephen. He spoke of what he was. He said, I could could boast to you of who I was in Judaism, born of the tribe of Benjamin. I can boast to you. I studied under Gamaliel, one of the greatest rabbis. I can boast with you as to being a Pharisee above all Pharisees. I can boast of all of this, but I I consider it dung, refuse. Now, I put that behind me. I don't care what's in the past. I don't care what happened to you in the past. Oh, how we use the past for all of our reasons to not go forward. Paul said this. Forget what lies behind. I am straining. I am straining. I am pressing. I'm pushing forward to what lies ahead. I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. He said this, don't you know that all in a race, that all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Game on. Run, people. Get back in the race. Get back up. Strengthen your faith. It's all right to be afraid. God speaks to the fear and turns it into faith. It makes sense to have fear. Fear is unknowing. I'm glad when you have fear because now you're on the edge of your understanding and your abilities. Now it's opportunity for faith. Do it scared, but do it. Go for it.
Press on to the high calling. You're His. Let's bow our heads. Jesus, release Your power right now. Turn fear, turn fear into faith. What is unknowable, what is causing us to tremble, what is causing us, Lord God, to consider what the reality and the outcome is going to be. You have a greater outcome and a greater reality than we can even imagine. Shift it right now and let us see it. Let us know and let us have faith ignite. I pray for you this morning. If there's anyone fear and trembling, weakened, stand up right now that I may pray for you. If there's fear or trembling or anything you're weakening, facing, I'm praying for you. Don't be ashamed. No. Hallelujah. This is an opportunity for faith to be ignited. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we worshiped you, we found your glory just falling upon us and rising like a river in us. Would you take the potential realities that fear is presenting to us today? Fear is presenting a reality of pain and suffering, of trial and loss. But the other reality is Jesus is Lord. He promises to heal and deliver and bring us through. Let your reality become what is true. Let your reality take my fear and shift it into faith to trust you and to believe that, Lord God, I will do what you've called me to do. And I will reach and I will press forward to the high calling of Christ. I am a child of God. I claim my healing. I claim my deliverance. I claim that I will run and I will not grow weary. I am going to race and fly, Lord God, as on eagle's wings, O God. Move in me right now, Jesus. Speak to us and restore your church and restore the church in this community and in this building that as we leave, we will go forth in power and in might. And if you will receive that today, say amen.